Welcome to the podcast for Windsor Road Baptist Church. Prepare your heart to receive God's message. Good morning. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Good to see you all today. Uh, so yes, I'm Ashley. If I haven't met you, I'm the youth and young adults um, worker here. Um, perfect. Now there's a common phrase, good things come to those who wait. Have you opened your Christmas presents yet this morning? Not yet? (laughs) I'll be waiting even longer. Um, Christmas feels like there is such a lead up. It feels like the day is off in a distance and all of a sudden it's tomorrow or it's today. Um, But you might be eager this afternoon to go back and enjoy your presence or Chris mentioned he's eager to have a nap after lunch, uh, which I agree as well, the Christmas coma. I remember as a child waiting for Christmas as well. As soon as we started driving down the coast to visit all of our extended family, as soon as we got to our grandparents' house, you could see the Christmas tree, the Christmas decorations were up, we would see Christmas carols go to their church, and it would start to feel like Christmas then. But when you're a kid, you do have not much of a concept of time. So it felt like Christmas Eve was taking forever until finally we would put out the milk for Santa and the carrots for the reindeers that would somehow be gone in the morning. We would wake up, run to the tree, and my brother and I would suss out all the presents and see which ones were ours. We knew, though, that we couldn't touch them until everyone else had woken up, so we were there carefully shaking them to see if it was the present we all asked for. One year there was a creatively wrapped, already assembled bike, Um, I remember countless Barbies, and if there were any clothes, you'd put them on straight away and show them off. The wait was over. Christmas was finally here. What do I do for the rest of the day now? I don't know if you get that feeling sometimes of you've waited for something. You've waited so long for something, and you, you get there. And then the glimmer, the the flickering feeling only seems to last a moment. I remember doing my university degree, it took five years, and I think once I get to that graduation day, that will be the mark post in that journey. Got to the graduation, got on stage, walked off the stage, and I didn't feel any different. You might feel the same way buying a car. If you've saved up all of this money and you get the car, and you start driving it, and it's awesome for a week. And then by the second week, oh, yeah, it's it's a nice car. I enjoy it. But that initial glimmer of something new, of of waiting for something and it being fulfilled has faded. We hope for material things, but we also hope and wait for other things in our life. Sometimes the pains of singleness, waiting and hoping for someone to come into your life, then suddenly they do, and the thrill of falling in love is amazing, and then you have your first argument a few months later. Waiting and hoping and wanting to live overseas, you get there, but it's hard. You don't have any money, and it's hard starting from scratch again, finding new relationships, new friendships, and a new job. Waiting, hoping, and waiting to fall pregnant. After a lot of difficulty, you do. 
But the thrill of being a parent might only last in that little moment, and then you can't get them to sleep. Maybe you experienced the taste of this this morning. You waited and hoped for some, a particular present, but it wasn't there. Instead, you're gifted with something else that might have disappointed you. Good things come to those who wait. While this is a popular phrase and comforting at times, how true is it? Over the past four weeks, Mark has talked about a sermon series of four different couples in the Bible who have been unable to fall pregnant, no matter how hard they've tried, waiting, hoping, and waiting, until some of them even let this dream die. But then at a sorry, miraculous moment, God intervenes and they do fall pregnant. All of these births, someone was waiting and hoping and waiting. For Abraham, he was waiting so long for Sarah to have a son, and they gave birth to Isaac at 90 years old. Samson's mother was barren and childless, waiting for a son. Hannah was barren and childless as well, who had cried out for a son and had Samuel. Elizabeth, as we heard yesterday, was elderly and barren and childless, waiting her whole life for a son but in the end was John the Baptist. After waiting and hoping for years, their waiting must have been painful and frustrating, as we've heard. Why did God make them wait? Perhaps the first answer is always for God to strengthen their faith. But that just seems like it's a bit too fluffy for this scenario. In the moment, perhaps they couldn't have comprehended that their struggles fitted into the bigger picture that God was unfolding, that he was working towards the story of the birth of his son, Jesus, which is the birth that we'll come to today, which is the birth that we celebrate on Christmas. In the lead-up of all of these births we've heard about, Galatians 4, verse 4 to 5 says, But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, under the law to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Jesus' birth was simply miraculous. The seventh miraculous birth in the Bible. Now we know that the number seven should be something that we should notice. Seven being the number of perfection, completion and wholeness in the Bible. Although Jesus' birth was entirely different to the other six that, we've, that have been recorded. He was born of a young virgin teenager. Not a barren womb, but Mary, a young girl who was waiting for her husband, Joseph. Whilst these barren women waited and hoped and waited to fall pregnant, Mary simply did not. This was imposed on her. Falling pregnant might have been the last thing on her mind. She was excited about her wedding and getting married to Joseph. Mary did not go through the agony of waiting to fall pregnant as these women did. So the story goes in the Bible of, the, of what the angel said to Mary when he encountered her. In Luke 1 from verse 30. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel said. You have found favour with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. 
He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary says, since I am a virgin? Well, the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you in the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. Mary's pregnancy was different from the other miraculous births because she was not in anguish over falling pregnant. But in the same way, it is similar because she endured the same pain and anguish in asking why. Being pregnant by an angel, being pregnant before marriage, and being pregnant not by Joseph. Whilst the barren women would have endured the same type of outcast in their society, this is the other end of the spectrum, where Mary would have been seen as a scandalous person. At the time, having a child out of wedlock would have been unimaginable for us today. Almost debilitating. Comments would have been floating around. Oh, Mary says that she's pregnant by an angel. Mary, what are you doing? Mary, what are you doing to Joseph? It doesn't sound too great. This would have been an incredible burden for her, but let alone Joseph as well. He was a faithful man, and to be sticking up for a young woman who he found to be pregnant, I assume people would have been asking, well, why are you sticking up for her? Is this your baby? Are you covering up for her as well? So the talk of the town would have been horrible. It would have been, it would have been such a burden for the two of them. Good things come to those who wait. I don't know how this could be a good situation for them. Whilst it is honourable to be the parents of God, of the Son of God, it would have been the start of a hard life for them as well. That this, these comments would have extended for years. The stares, the whispers, the innuendos, the rumours, even besides that point, having Jesus meant they had to run away from Herod, flee to Egypt, and endure all of that as well. But I don't think Jesus was left out of the picture in this as well. His illegitimacy would have been something that would have been joked about as well. The source of jokes and mockery. Even the Pharisees in John 8 comment, so who's your dad, Jesus, as a plight to get him? So Mary's experiencing a different type of pain and anguish with her birth here. The waiting that comes with asking why is painful and anguish. Like how Holly read in that ch children's book yesterday, I think Mary would have written Christmas a little bit differently if she had the control. But in that book it said, God is in charge of Christmas and this is what he chose to do. 
And Mary had to wait to understand why. So what's waiting then in the biblical sense? Can you describe the feeling of anticipating something or a future that's better than the present? Hope, being a state of anticipation that is critical for a healthy human experience. If we continue to look at the Bible, for example, the, pro- the period of Israel's prophets, as the nation was sinking into their self-destruction, Isaiah said, at this moment, the Lord's hiding his face from Israel. So I will quava, or I don't know how to pronounce the Hebrew properly, but we'll go with that. But I will quava for the Lord. Quava is a Hebrew word that means wait. Quav means a cord in the sense to pull it tight. If you have an elastic band, to pull it tight means quav. You produce a state of tension until there's a release. That's the quava, the waiting, the feeling of tension and expectation that's underlined in this word. After years of waiting, it seems like optimism might not cut it which is a familiar mindset that we are familiar with today. Optimism itself is a hopefulness and confidence about the future or the success of something, choosing to see the positive side of everything. Optimists expect things to turn out well. Some might believe they have the skill and the ability to make good things happen. But I feel this attitude, at least, doesn't have room to handle the complexity of waiting and hoping. The only hope Isaiah had in those dark days in Israel's history was to hope in God himself. The word I mentioned earlier and the word yakal both mean wait, but yakal means to wait for. In Psalm 130, he says, I will quava for the Lord, but let Israel yakal for the Lord, because he's loyal and will redeem his people for his sins. So the biblical hope has these two sides coming to it, the hope of the tension and the expectation and the hope that is waiting for or the hope that is placed in someone. As I was reflecting on the Christmas story, I realised that maybe Mary wasn't expecting or wasn't waiting to fall pregnant, but she was a Jewish girl, so was she waiting for the Messiah? Was she old enough to comprehend the hope of her people who for 400 years were waiting for God to speak and to do something again after the last prophet? For years, every Jew was quava and yakal for the Lord. At the time, Mary and Joseph went to the temple to dedicate Jesus, as was custom. And in Luke 2.24, we read of Simeon and Anna, who largely represent the nation of Israel, who were hoping and waiting and hoping for this Messiah. In Luke 2.25, Now, there was a devout man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. 
Moved by the spirit, he went into the temple courts when the parent he went into the temple courts and when the parents brought him, brought in the child to Jesus, they gave him to his hands, and Simeon took him and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations a light for the revelation of the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. And in verse 36, there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old and she had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then she was a widow until 84. She never left the temple but worshipped day and night, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. Good things come to those who wait. It might be more true if we say the Lord is good to those who wait for him. Perhaps this is a state that Mary was in for 33 years of waiting, wondering why this all happened to her. For the whole of Jesus' life, she would have hoped to believe that he was the Son of God and to believe everything the angel had said. But that would have been hard to just believe that. Witnessing and watching miracles, was that enough to answer her big question on why was she the mother of Jesus? Perhaps all of those years led to the point where she was watching her son be crucified on a cross, where she watched him be buried. And in those three days of waiting until Easter Sunday, I wonder if she was asking God, what was this all for? Waiting again to find an answer to her life. until finally she saw the resurrected Jesus and maybe that was the point where everything made sense for her. Maybe that was the point where the answer came. Maybe that was the point where her waiting was over and perhaps she understood everything a bit more. Waiting for God is one of his greatest methods that he uses for us to turn to him. And the reason why we look back at Christmas is to remember that Jesus came by a miraculous birth. To remember that that is impossible. And to remember that that is the same God who we want to know and love today. By looking back at Christmas and the whole story, we can see that God works and does things at the fullness of time. It might not make sense, but the Lord is good to those who wait for him. When we wait for the Lord, I don't think that feeling is fleeting as it is opening up a new present. I imagine Mary, after realising everything came to pass, I wonder if something shifted in, in herself she shifted in her understanding that God has been working in her life all along and realising even more that this was always meant to happen. 
So as we come to Christmas today, the season of hope and joy, I hope we can see that the biblical hope isn't about an optimism based on odds, but rather biblical hope suggests that we should put our faith and our hope and our waiting in someone, that we can put our hope in God himself. God's ways are too wonderful for us to comprehend, but that's okay. God's ways are too miraculous for us to scheme up on our own, and that's amazing. But if you're waiting for God to answer a long-standing prayer, I hope you can look at this story and see that God is who he says he is, that he's been working for years. And if you have a prayer, I know that he'll answer that at the exactly the right time. So as you go about your day, your Christmas day, maybe over lunch, if you get the chance, talk to someone or bring up the conversation, what are you hoping for? What are you waiting for? Or if you've seen something miraculous happen this year, a big answer to prayer, share that as well. But this is a time to remember the hope of Christmas, that Jesus has come and that we can hope that he will come again. Thank you, I'll pray. Dear Lord Jesus, we thank you that we can come together and have this day to remember that you walked among us, that you were born, that you are the Son of God. So Jesus, I pray that you would help us understand that the Lord is good to those who wait for him and who wait with him. Lord, that you are working everything out according to your plan and according to your purpose and give us patience to wait with you. Bless us today as we go about and share meals with friends and family um, and enjoy our nap and all of our gifts. May we be grateful and thank of you always. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening. We hope that you have been blessed by the message. Windsor Road Baptist Church is a growing intergenerational and international community of people committed to whole life discipleship. Please visit us at windsorroad.org.au to connect with us and to learn more about our church.